future, talk radio will actually educate, inspire, and make you think. The future is now. Topics and music that affect your life from Universal Broadcasting Network. Tune in at ubnradio.com. She's passionate about telling stories of amazing women who are rocking the world and empowering women to live, love, and thrive. Here's your host, Katherine Gray. Welcome to Live, Love, Thrive, our Women's Empowerment Hour. And uh, if you're on that journey of uh, wanting to live your greater good, then I think you're really going to enjoy our weekly guests who are uh, amazing women that I call 360 Karma women, which means they're you know, paying it forward and giving back. And this week's guests are fall in that category. Um, and I just want to say that there's a quote that I like. It says, uh, the best way to get what you want is to help others get what they want. And uh, that's what my guests do, the, the two guests I have on today. So I'm happy to introduce you to uh, Tabby Biddle, who is an author, uh, a TED Talk speaker and trainer. And also my other guest uh, will be here later in the show. Heidi Schink, who is a published author with Simon & Schuster, as well as an activist and a uh, delegate at this upcoming Democratic Convention. So, uh, without further ado, hello, Tabby Biddle. Nice to have you here hello, today. Hello, Catherine. Thank you so much. It's a yeah. great pleasure. Uh, I know that you are an author um, of a book called Find Your Voice, and I just wanted to know... Uh, you know, tell us a little bit about that. I know we spoke briefly about it, but tell our audience about that book. Yeah, sure, absolutely. So I wrote a book called Find Your Voice, A Woman's Call to Action. And my intention of writing that book was to help more women come forward as leaders with their voice, truly standing for what they believe in without apology, mm -hmm. without getting rid of the good girl uh, stereotype, getting mm -hmm. rid of the... Um, no one cares about what I have to say, mm -hmm. stereotype, helping women really break through into feminine leadership. I love that. Well, that's certainly what this show is about. And uh, I wanted to know, I think you said this book could be for writers, artists, entrepreneurs, speakers, and basically, you know, any type of woman that, you know, has something that they have that they want to say, which is pretty much everyone, uh, whether they're doing it or not. But I, I love that you wrote a book about that, uh, giving some uh, women their voice. And one of the things that I wanted to share with the audience today is that you help, uh, that you've done a TED Talk and that you help other women uh, develop TED Talks, including um, I've taken your program and I mm -hmm. thought it was awesome. Uh, uh, you helped me to develop the format of it and the content of it and kind of what TED Talks are looking for and how to reach out to them and, and get booked. And uh, one of the most interesting things about that was um, uh, that journey was uh, finding my voice. Mm. And so uh, I, I think it's great that that's what you're doing, helping women find their voice. So it was a perfect title for your book. And uh, as far as your TED Talk, I know you've done a TED Talk and you've helped other people do TED Talks. And um, I just was wondering, uh, let's roll a clip of your uh, TED Talk, which uh, tell us what it was about. So the title of it was Activating Women's Leadership. And it was really about discussing the missing link to activating and advancing women's leadership. 
I have my ideas about that, and I'm not sure what you're going to show in the clip, but yeah. we'll see if that gives some kind of representation of it. Uh, let's take a little uh, clip about uh, uh, an excerpt from that TED Talk of Tabby's. Today, there's an urgent need for the female voice. The issues in our world are complex. We simply cannot address all of these issues if we are not working together. Think of the damage to our workplaces, our communities, our world, when the female voice is missing at the tables of leadership. Imagine instead the impact of women and men each coming to the table fully empowered and confident, contributing their voice. Great. Uh, well, that kind of says it all, and what a great conversation we can have around that. Um, and I'd also like to just mention, I, I noticed in your uh, TED Talk, what, what brought you to do that TED Talk? And you mm. basically were saying about, you know, you when you were younger, you had this, like, you were socially popular and stuff in school and had a great social life, but when you got out of there, you realized how suppressed you were as a woman and how it actually affected your health. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, that your your desire to do this TED Talk for that reason? Yeah. Um, I really felt I was quite successful operating under a what I would call a patriarchal system. I did well in school, got great grades. Um, as I said, was socially popular. When I graduated from school, I was quite successful in my early career. Um, but eventually, I started getting all sorts of aches in my body that were uh, really unexplainable because I was quite a healthy person. So what was this all about? I was working an office job at the National Geographic magazine, which is a fabulous place. However, I was experiencing such bad aches that I literally couldn't sit in a chair. My office mates would find me laying on the floor uh, in my office uh, doing my research and, um, and so forth. Probably thought you had some martinis or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so eventually it got so bad that I had to leave the, the, the workplace. I could not work in an office. Um, and... Um, I ended up going on a spiritual journey over in India and Nepal and through Southeast Asia. And it was through that process that I started discovering that I was operating under a system that was really one-sided and that wasn't inclusive of the feminine, wasn't inclusive of the feminine perspective, the feminine voice. And I realized that part of me actually had been shut off and that uh, through the practice of yoga, I, I did a lot of deep study in yoga as I was traveling and became a yoga teacher. Through that practice, I began to open up this other part of myself, which was the feminine, which is where I discovered my true power. I actually, for the first time in my life, found my voice. Before, I was kind of imitating or, or uh, saying things that were expected of me. But now I was really paving my own pathway, mm -hmm. speaking from what was inside of me, not what was expected of me, but speaking about my true values, what I believe in, and my inner vision that I wanted to bring into the world, which has to do with women and men in leadership together. Yeah. And, you know, I did mention this on last week's show about when you're living your authentic self is when you're really in your happiest space. And so 
uh, you're right. Uh, people do grow up in a culture of what they're expected to do rather than maybe what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're trying to, you know, break down those barriers by educating people with people um, like yourself that are teaching this and, and sharing your own journey. I believe one of the best ways for us to learn is from other people's journeys. Mm-hmm. And, and then we recognize ourselves in that story. And that's why, you know, I have the Live, Love, Thrive radio show and webisodes and, and the conference coming up. It's because uh, I want to share stories of women that are doing amazing things because they've been down that path and they've had that breakthrough and I want them to share it with other women. Yeah, and it's yeah. so inspiring for other women. When, when we see the amazingness uh, of other women, we see, oh, that's in me too. That's possible for me. And then exactly. we all rise. We all rise together exactly. as we share our stories, as we find our voice, right. as we take the stage. And, and that's why I'm particularly interested in training women to become TED and TEDx speakers, because as we take the stage to really um, shine the truth of our lives and voice the truth of our lives, we bring uh, the rest of uh, society, the rest of women up with us. Right. So let me ask you this. Um, if we were to uh, talk about what I want to discuss with people that are listening, what is a TED Talk? Because believe it or not, uh, I know there's some people that are really big fans of TED Talks and others don't know what a TED or TEDx talk is. So I thought we'd start with that. What, Because we want to have more women doing TED Talks, what exactly are they? Yeah, so yeah. That's, that's a great point. Uh, well, TED Talks are short format talks that are designed to shift people's minds, shift people's minds from what the what's currently happening from the status quo to something new. Show people possibilities. Show people a new vision. Tell people about the work that you're doing that is carving new pathways for society, whether it be in science or medicine or women's rights or um, uh, uh, spirituality, any of those things across the board. It did start as a conference uh, specifically focused on technology, uh, 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 entertainment, and design. But it expanded. It's expanded. Right. All industries now. And when you say shift uh, perception, uh, because it is an interesting thing, people's perception, because perception is not always reality. In fact, most of the time it's not. But uh, to actually just be able to look at something a different way. Just the old adage, you know, is the glass half empty or is it half full? It's all based on how you're looking at it. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what uh, that would be what a, a TED Talk is. Uh, giving you an opportunity to look at something differently than you might have looked at it initially. Exactly, and that's the same thing. Exactly, and that's the way yeah. we all grow and learn, and, and as we advance, that's the way I think we advance as a society. Right, right. Uh, like stepping in someone's shoes, like I talked about last week with Juliet Huck. You know, that's when you learn to understand someone else's perception is when you step in their shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh, what would, you, what would be your advice to women who want to give a TED Talk? And what, what is the difference between a TED Talk and a TEDx? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's important to know. Um, and by the way, my talk was a TEDx talk. So what a TEDx talk is, is a locally organized TED-style event. So I consider it a much easier uh, road of entry mm-hmm. for a woman who wants to be a speaker at a TED event because the TEDx events are very interested in unearthing local voices. So it's not that you have to have this long background of being a public speaker. 
no matter who you are, you have the potential to be a TEDx speaker. Right. And um, that's kind of the beauty of it is that people get up and they're not necessarily professionals, but they're speaking from their heart, from their own experience. And that's what makes them so fascinating and popular, I think. Exactly. Yeah. And, and also because um, it brings a community to get together, a local community. So you can actually, as an audience member, see and hear what's going on in your community. Mm-hmm. Who, what are the ideas happening? What are the projects that are happening? And um, it connects the community more. So mm-hmm. not only are TED and TEDx events community builders, um, they're also uh, visionary uh, conferences, if you will, to, to, as I said earlier, to advance society in, right. in uh, creating what's possible. And uh, a TED Talk as opposed to a TEDx, the TED is like the national platform. Yeah. So every year, global platform actually, global platform. Global platform. and every year they have like a three-day yes global platform in a specific area. Yes, right? yeah, and they also have TED Women, which is uh, a three-day event that is specifically focused on women speakers. Mm-hmm. Coming up in, I think, San Francisco in October. End of October. Yeah. That's right. That's exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting. And speaking of women speakers, uh, I understand that as popular as TED is, uh, the reason you're on a path of bringing more women into doing TED Talks is that less than 20% of the TED Talk speakers are women. Mm-hmm. You know, which is kind of par for the course, and that's why we are doing this show, is how do we progress in all areas, all industries, uh, including speaking? Yeah, and I think that's a huge thing, because I think as more women get on stage and um, help break that low percentage of, you know, below 20%, we can start breaking barriers within the various industries as well, because I think it's really a matter of showcasing women's ideas and women's visions Mm -hmm. for women and men themselves to start trusting women mm-hmm. more and stop considering women a you know a second class gender which um you may well agree ha- has been the case um for far too long well it is it's a fact because that's why they get paid less you know because they're considered uh less than you know i don't know why they're paid less to be honest but uh that was a conversation we had last week uh, about women's equal pay and i want to continue that conversation because i want to figure out how we move that forward and i think it's by educating people and talking about it and you know really it it seems so ridiculous uh, that the same job would not pay both people the same amount of money and so i'm sure we head it in that direction but we do need to keep talking to about it and bringing it to people's attention and educating them as to why because that even uh, build that that plays on someone's self-esteem if you're paid the same or not uh and that type of thing and i think that's exactly the the road we're on is shifting that paradigm with women as a second class citizen and bringing us into equality uh you know we are equal as as humans and now it's um moving into everyone's hearts and minds that uh we will be um much better off uh if we shift that paradigm. Exactly. Yeah. So speaking of that, uh, perfect segue to the other thing that you're working on. Mm-hmm. I know that you are an ambassador for Take the Lead, and I'd love for you to share with our listeners, you know, what Take the Lead is, because it sounds really, really exciting and amazing. Yeah. So it, tell us who started it. Yeah. So thank you. Um, it is really exciting and amazing. Um Gloria Felt is the uh, co-founder and president of Take the Lead. And uh, for those who aren't familiar with Gloria, she's a longtime women's advocate and social justice activist. Um, She was, in fact, the president of Planned Parenthood for 30 years. Wow. 
And she, yeah, yeah, she's an incredible woman. And she, uh, you know, worked for so many years helping change laws, helping women walk through those doors uh, into what she was hoping, into leadership. Um, however, uh, back in about 2008, she uh, realized, wait a minute, our numbers are stalled here. We are not moving forward in the way that we imagined in the um Second the corporate wave. world yeah, or entrepreneurial world. Exactly. Yeah, everywhere. So what's going on? Political. Yeah. Yes. Poli all, yeah. all areas. All arenas. Yeah, yeah. all arenas. Um, so she um, developed mm -hmm. uh, not only a program but an organization to um, move this help forward. us move into parity. Right. But very specifically, help us move into gender parity and leadership by 2025. Specific goal, not 2095, which is the trajectory that we're on right now, if we don't take deeper action. And, and I say that every week that, you know, I don't want us to keep talking about the problem. I want us to talk about the solutions for the problem. And that's what I love about what you're doing and this Take the Lead program. They're taking actions. They're doing something. And I, I want to educate people about this particular program because I think it's phenomenal that you're an ambassador and that they're, you told me they're creating ambassadors for each industry, yes? Yes. So what we're doing, so as a leadership ambassador would take the lead, I'm going into, uh, specifically for me, media and entertainment. That's the area um, where I will be helping women rise to the highest echelons of, of leadership um, so that not only can we have gender parity at the executive level, but those women can also help women directors, writers, and producers rise into gender parity as well. So we can have more female-driven films so we can have the stories of women represented in the yeah, world as I we just are. 50%, 51% of the population. Right, and I just did a, a video on that. I interviewed a, a up-and-coming female director, and we were talking about uh, there's two major companies out there uh, that everybody knows, I won't say their name, uh, that uh, in the next two years uh, have no women directors slated for their films, for the next two years, for about 50 films. And uh, we definitely need to shake that up. And But the, uh, what I love about your approach that you guys are going into these different industries is you're giving them statistics and research as to why there should be women producers, directors, and leaders in their companies. Is to share that with us? Yeah. Well, the big deal is that um, there have been so many studies now by people like Catalyst, McKinsey and Company, uh, Credit Suisse, about when you have more women at the highest levels of leadership, the company makes more money. So there's a higher return on investment. So for any corporation, if you want to improve your bottom line, you need more women at the highest levels of leadership. So that's a very basic one. Then also, uh, a study um, published in the Harvard Business Review uh, showed that when you add a woman to a table of, of, leader, of all male leaders, it literally raises group intelligence. So there's better decision making, more uh, diverse decision making, and, and more inclusive because all of these companies need to meet the needs of our diverse population. And so 
if they uh, continue to um, just walk in the realms of strictly male leadership, they're not able to really speak and meet the needs of, of the population. And uh, I'm sure some men would say, well, what do you mean putting a woman uh, at the top of leadership helps the company be more profitable and uh, more intelligent? Uh, and, and I think the answer to that is that women bring a different perspective to the table. Um, and so this is the good thing that we should celebrate in each other yeah. is men and women each bring something different to the table. Yeah. And so if you're missing uh, the component that the women bring to the table, well, then, of course, the company isn't as successful. Uh, so I, I hope that makes sense to both men and women that are listeners. You know, uh, that's the missing component. It, it's not that just the very fact of bringing a woman in, but it's what she brings to the table that men don't. Exactly. Yeah. And again, these companies are there to serve uh the population. And so, again, because women make up 50%, 51% of the population, the way you can speak to them is by having women as high-level decision makers. Right. And they have sense. a certain sensitivity. And uh, uh, and I've heard, like, a, they're more visionaries and more, um, but also... Um, more consensus building. More, consen more consensus building. Mm -hmm. Yeah, more consensus there you go. Building. Yeah. And that's important. I mean, look at our government. So we know how yes. important consensus building is. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So um, if someone wanted to get involved uh, with this uh, or have you speak to their company um, about Take the Lead, how would that occur? Mm -hmm. So they could just go to my website, which is tabbybiddle.com. And I have a page there that says Take the Lead. And it's got all the information there. And um, I'm thrilled. I'm so excited to be a leadership ambassador and out there doing this. So I welcome anyone listening right now to, to contact me. To reach out to yeah. you. And any woman that is interested in creating a TED Talk. Uh, I know you have a wonderful program, like I mentioned before, that I went through myself. And, uh, you know, I think with doing a TED Talk, uh, people could be not only fearful of public speaking, like my uh, guest last week, Nick, shared uh, that was there had that fear of public speaking. I know it's a common mm -hmm. fear. Uh, but uh, that you would help them walk through, uh, but also just how to prepare for it, how to come up with your topic, how long it should be, how you uh, put it together. I know you give feedback. Mm -hmm. um, how you, once it's put together, how you uh, showcase it initially, and how you reach out to the different entities to get booked for this. So. It's you a, know it well. Yeah, it's a wonderful process. program. Yeah. So, uh, again, tabbybiddle.com if you're interested in either of those things to help empower yourself. And I do think that's a good word, that I think when uh, people can share their stories on a, on a stage with many people, um, that that is empowering. You know, I've seen Hugely. women yeah. tell, uh, you know, grim stories uh, that have happened to them, but I think the very fact that they share it helps heal them yeah and I think it not only helps heal them but they also understand the empowerment part is a owning it and b sharing it knowing you're helping other women yeah and the other thing that happens I've seen happen over and over is that the women who do get up there on stage they speak for a silent part in other women Yes. And then that empowers those women in the audience, whether they're live or watching by video. 
and that encourages them to then step up and tell tell their story or speak from whether it's a TEDx stage or whether it's at a local workshop or a local venue. Right, just speaking anywhere that and there's the an opportunity. Grow, yeah, the sisterhood grows, and, and then we can start walking in, in parity and partnership with, right. with men on yeah. stages and in yeah. companies. Yeah, I think it's, uh, like I always say, it's all about women helping women and those that support us, and that's how we're going to move this forward. So we're going to cut to a break and come back with Heidi Schink, and here's a message from our sponsors. We'll be right back. Do you want to have more passion and purpose in your day-to-day? Are you yearning to ignite your power within? Now, more than ever, the world needs women who dream big, inspire others, and are living their greater purpose. There's never been a better time to up your game and make your success happen now. Contact Danny Rukin for a complimentary consultation and find out more about how you can become more effective, energized, and empowered while making a difference in doing what you love. Go to www.dannyrukin.com. The Live, Love, Thrive radio show is produced by 360karma.com. Are you a 360 Karma woman? If so, spread the word. Be sure to follow us on social media at 360 Karma Women on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please like us and share us with family and friends. This is the year of the woman, and we are stronger together. The Live, Love, Thrive program is brought to you in part by Honda of Los Angeles, supporting the equality and empowerment of women. Hi, welcome back. We are here with Heidi Schink, who is uh, a published author. Uh, and uh, She uh, is the writer of uh, Three Minutes to a Pain-Free Life, which I definitely want to read, and Wine Ecology, a very popular book, um, through Simon & Schuster. And she also is an activist uh, for many rights, women's rights, uh, animal rights, gay rights, and so forth. And uh, she also is a delegate to the Democratic Convention this week. So welcome, Heidi. Thank you. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing great. Great. It's um, exciting. The convention is coming up. It's coming up. Yeah. It's uh, very exciting. I think that the uh, Democratic Convention is going to be a little bit different than the Republican Convention has been going. That's been a train wreck, and uh, the Democratic Convention is going to be uh, about policy, about positivity, uh, and about progress, about how we could take our country into the future. Yeah, I, I do think that uh, the, the conventions should be about uh, the, the, you know, what what are the policies and, and, and why does it make sense to have that candidate in place and uh, that we should, uh, you know, me, I'm all about uh, let's have love at the table and not, not hate. And so let's, right. uh, let's just talk about, uh, you know, what it is it uh, is going to benefit uh, the country, and uh, in, in talking about that, I just want to shift for a minute to you're a delegate. What is uh, let our audience know what is a super delegate <laughs> and what is a delegate? I want to know. Yeah, what is a super delegate? What is a delegate, and how does each get chosen for those positions? And what is what do they do? It's a good question. Yeah. Uh, first of all, a super delegate. Uh, those are people who are already in government. Okay, so if you're in Congress. Uh, 
you know, if you're a senator, if you're a congressperson, uh, you are a superdelegate, okay? So you are not elected. You've already been elected mm-hmm. by the people. So uh, they are there in, only in the Democratic Party. The, uh, Republicans do not have superdelegates. Okay. And uh, delegates... Uh, whether you're super or uh, just a regular old delegate, uh, you are voting on the floor to nominate the candidate uh, on the convention floor. And And you are elected. You are elected by the people. So I was elected in my congressional district. Right. Like there were over 100 uh, people that were... 138 people. Just in in my congressional district alone that were running. And eight eight people won. Four women and four men. Oh, great. So, So you were one of those eight. I was one of the eight, lucky eight. And the the bottom line is that uh, delegates, what we do are supposed to, we're supposed to reflect our constituency. Now, in the Democratic Party, we are pledged to the candidate of our, cho- of our choice prior to our election, right? So I was pledged to Hillary Clinton. So the people that came out and voted were already Hillary supporters, and they just had to pick amongst the 138 people gotcha. who they thought would be uh, able to be on the floor in, in case there needed to be any persuasion. Uh, you know, there were Bernie, there were a lot of Bernie fans and supporters right. that are going to be on the floor. And uh, in case uh, any talking needed to be done, I've been in politics for a long time. It's delegates' responsibility to be the ones to uh, really make the convention go well on that right. floor. So you'll be there in a few days and... Uh, or, you know, the, or you do it here. It's in uh, Philadelphia, so uh, it's it's uh, it's going to be a very interesting uh, and historic convention and uh, exciting for everyone. Whether you're there, whether you're watching on TV, there there's never been a time I think that politics has been more important than right now. Right. Well, let's talk about um, women in politics. Um, okay. Since that's your like forte, I know you've run for offices and stuff. And I know one thing that I wanted to ask you about is um, the importance of uh, women getting involved, uh, whether it's local government or uh, national government. Or state. And, or state. Uh, tell us why all three are so important. Because a lot of people just, you know, they just participate on the national level. So let's talk about that. Okay. Well, first of all, it's important for everyone to get involved in yes. politics because, it, it, you know, people always say to me, ah, oh, politics. Well, politics is probably more important than anything else because it determines the air we breathe, uh, what's in the food that we eat, uh, the water that we drink. We saw that in full display in Flint, Michigan and other cities across the country, uh, the roads that we drive on, uh, how we're kept safe. Uh, so it, and then basic civil rights, you know, it, it, there's such a spectrum of what po- what politics mm-hmm. is all about, that to ignore its importance and just look at politicians who can be flawed, just like doctors can be flawed and teachers can be flawed. Yeah, uh, you know, politicians can certainly be flawed, but there are also a lot of really great public servants. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know so many uh, personally on a local. Uh, state and national level, that it's really their lives. And by the way, I believe that that is true of Hillary Clinton. Uh, She is really a policy wonk and extraordinarily knowledgeable about what it means to serve and, you know, what policy, the effect that policy has on people's lives. So that's why politics in general is important. Mm -hmm. Uh, Why is it important to have women in politics? uh, Okay, I didn't get to your second question, but uh, uh, which is the local, state, and national. Uh, 
but <coughs> the reason it's important for women is that, number one, we have different concerns mm-hmm. than men do. So men have had their chance for since the founding of our country uh, to uh, put their policies forward okay. and to tell, put but their... tell us how you really feel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying I disagree with all of their policies. There are one, plenty of wonderful male, you know, politicians that have done wonderful policies yeah. uh, in, in our country. For but sure. women need a seat at the table. Yeah. Uh, even more importantly, though, women tend to lead differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Dalai Lama very yeah. recently said that if women don't assume uh, positions of leadership across the world, this is a quote from the Dalai Lama, who does usually does not get political. He said, we will not see a 22nd century. Mm-hmm. That's a big statement. Yeah. Uh, and it has to do with the way that we lead. Mm-hmm. Women tend to lead by consensus, a consensus instead, sorry, hard word, <laughs> blah, 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 uh, <laughs> instead of by uh, hierarchy, uh, hierarchy. So mm-hmm. in other words, uh, a male will say, you know, this is my position and he'll try and sort of strong arm people to kind of come his way. Yeah, I've never uh, seen that happen before. You've never seen that, I know. No one's ever seen that. Uh, women, on the other hand, tend to try and build a coalition, and that sometimes means that they are going to have to compromise, mm-hmm. and compromise is part of consensus building. And so it brings in more people to the tent. Mm-hmm. It means that we can talk to moderate Republicans, if there are any left, and... Uh, and, and really, in order for our government to function, we are a two-party system. We have to have the two parties talking together. Mm-hmm. So if we have a woman that is leading this country, it, because it, it Anyone really— Anyone in particular? Uh, Hillary Clinton. <laughs> uh, it, it, it starts from the top, right? Yeah. And it sets the tenor for how government functions. And if you've got somebody who is willing to listen, as Hillary has a record of doing, she was a senator for eight years and she was secretary of state— uh, for another six, I believe. Uh, and the bottom line is that she governed and led by consensus. Mm-hmm. And as president, she will do that as well, which means that she will give sane Republicans a seat at the table, that it won't just be about uh, a democratic a progressive vision, which is what she is going to put forth, but she will try and bring a consensus. sane ideas from Mm -hmm. the other side so that we can actually move policy forward instead of the gridlock that we have now. Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, how do you think it would affect the country and the world, uh, no matter who it was, to have a woman president, uh, since that would be the first in over a century of there being, you know, a U.S., like, this would be the first woman ever. This would be the uh, first woman ever yeah. in the United States. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, it's few and far between around the world. Although right. it's amazing to me that other countries like, um, you know, India, uh, you know, which is uh, really a, a patriarchal system, uh, beat us by, you know, decades. Uh, yeah. England by decades. And currently we have a new female prime minister in England. Um, so the the bottom and line is... that seems is, to be working out pretty well, all the uh, countries it, that have... Female working out real well. Um, And, you know, the bottom line is that uh, having a woman be president is so the 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 nuts and bolts is the consensus building. Right. But there's the other side, which is the symbolic nature of Mm -hmm. seeing a woman break that highest glass ceiling. I mean, let's face it. The most significant job in the world is president of the United States. Right. And it sends a message symbolically to all people 
that uh, women have a seat. They have value. Mm -hmm. They have a seat at the table. Mm -hmm. Uh, They are uh, uh, equal in terms of intelligence, strength, uh, coalition building, uh, whether they have to engage in uh, any kind of policy decisions. Uh, it, It says to young girls... You can be anything. <laughs> yeah, anything and, you want. And, and you know, I, I do seminars, uh, you know, for young women who uh, are either in high school or college. And they, they, the statistics on how many are going into politics are very, very low. And the numbers are actually shrinking instead of expanding. Mm-hmm. And they said because... You know, there's no one there to mentor me because the men are mentoring, you know, boys. And, you know, I've, I've never seen a woman get that far. So it's not it doesn't seem like a job where I can get very far. Mm-hmm. So it's as it's as if symbolically by not having the absence of having a female president has said to young women, it's not a job that you'll ever be able to to attain. I think there's some women, too, that, you know, come up. From the 50s and whatnot, they can't imagine a woman in that position. And, oh, uh, absolutely. You know, it, uh, hopefully, you know, they can see that, uh, you know, really think about how a woman brings a different perspective to the table that we haven't had in this country before uh, in a way uh, in this uh, country that is, is ailing in so many ways uh, because it's really been predominantly run by men is that, uh, like we're saying, it's really important to have both at the table. I know you think, you know, uh, maybe it should be run by all women, but I think uh, having... <laughs> Me uh, and Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> <laughs> but I think uh, having both at the table, if, if if they could just be open to thinking, you know, the balance, just like in a marriage. It's right. it's a man and a woman. And, uh, well, for, I'm gay, for, well, so... <laughs> but I mean, for, for people that come from that perspective, yes, that that's are right. very old school, um, you know, just that understanding that balance uh, and how it works for them. The um, bottom line is that it's a perspective that has never and it is yin yang but that the perspective from from women right Mm -hmm. has not made enough uh, clearly not enough we only represent 23 percent of all elected officials that's local state and national in this country Mm -hmm. and we were at 27 percent in the year 2000 so the as I said, the numbers are shrinking, and even twenty seven percent is too small, mm-hmm. uh, and it means that the things that we tend to think about, women tend to think about things like, and I'm not saying that men don't, but we are in the trenches of families, raising families, what it takes to juggle a job and family. You know, there there's just a perspective that we have reproductive rights Uh which you know this may be a radical thing to say but i i really find it offensive that men have an opinion about it because they don't carry the child right and i think that it's a discussion uh i am obviously uh 100 uh uh, pro-choice, but the bottom line is that it's a discussion that women should be having. Uh, a- and if we're not the policymakers, we can't be. Ha- we could only be yelling at the building. <laughs> we're not inside the building, right? And uh, and, and then also too, uh, helping people understand uh, that that's why it's important for them to vote. I mean, what 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 can we do to to change this? Uh, percentage uh you know we've, we're 50 percent of the population but we're 23 percent of we're the, a little bit more than 50 percent right and yeah. we're 23 percent of the politicians so how do we change that Elected because these officials. are the yeah. policy makers these and, are the policy makers yeah. which affects 
everything from right. the roads you drive on, like I said, right. to the rights that you have. Right. And the, just as women, we should want our our voice at the table. That's and right. That's why it's important to put women in those positions, qualified women, women that have a track record and have um, uh, earned it. Well, but, I um, mean, you know, what's interesting is that women... We always say that. Yeah. This is actually a, a phenomenon. Mm -hmm. We always say qualified women, like as if we have to qualify our qualifications. Men yeah. never say, I'm a qualified male. And in fact, we've got probably the most unqualified male in the, it, it, really in the country uh, as the presumptive uh, you know, Republican nominee. Uh, so nobody's asking about his qualifications. Hillary Clinton is completely overqualified for the job. And what's even, if I want to sort of take it out of that realm for a second, women, when when they are thinking about running, they will say, I need, let's say there are 10 qualifications uh, to, uh, you know, be a politician. Women, and this studies have been done on this, uh, women feel that they need nine of 10. Right. Men feel that they need one. Wow. So um, yeah. we get in our own way, but it's partly because of what's been imposed on us. Right. Because so if there are women that <clears throat> feel like that really is a calling for them, they shouldn't second guess it. They should jump in. Just do it, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or woman. Right. <laughs> Just do it. Yeah. Run. And it's so important. This gets running. back to your, your, your other question, which is that, you know, in some ways, local politics is more important than, you know, state and national. I mean, they're all important. But, you know, let's face they're it. They're just as important. They're just yeah. as important, but in they impact your lives immediately. You know, Barack Obama is thinking about world events. He's not thinking about whether there are people who are, I'm from West Hollywood, California, whether people are, you know, uh, eating well there or starving or whether our roads have potholes or not, right? He may look at it federally and say, we need to give money to California or to the city of Los Angeles or the county of Los Angeles, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but it, let's but, face it, he's thinking about big picture stuff, right? Right. So it's really our local politicians that are saying, are our streetlights close enough so that when women in particular are walking down the street late at night, they're safe because they have found that when street lights are, are, are street lamps are closer together, there's less of a chance that we'll be attacked. Right. You know, Barack Obama's not, he doesn't have time to think if West Hollywood has has their street lamps close together, but our local politicians sure do. Right, and, and, and so, so, so the local getting involved, whether you run for school board or city council, or then the, on a state level, you know, assembly or mm -hmm. state senate, these things are just as vital as running for Congress. And of course, you got to kind of pay your dues before you get to run for Congress. So, and have some of that legislative experience uh, under your belt before you do it. But get involved, get involved. Right. And the first step, by the way, is voting. Yeah. Is making sure that you get out and vote. Right. It's real easy. Everyone's real engaged right now, and they're real, you know, on both sides. You know, people are fired up, and that's great. I've 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 been in politics since 1983, and I have never seen anything like the uh, engagement level yeah. of yeah. Uh, people. But whether they get out and vote mm -hmm. is actually another question. Right. So we can't just sit back. This election is too important, and we've got the Supreme Court at 
at stake. And if the Republicans get in, it will be the most rightward uh, Supreme Court that we'll ever have known. And all the gains that women have made in terms of um, employment protection, housing protection, reproductive rights protections uh, will be gone. Gone. Uh, they are the most right-wing team. But uh, I think, I think uh, uh, you know, you're speaking, uh, you're speaking to people that um, either they're on board with what you're saying or they're not. And so, um, uh, you know, I think there's many women that are behind you saying, yes, we want to, uh, you know, the, the Planned Parenthood thing and the pro-choice and the, the uh, you know, uh, gay rights and, and animal rights. Uh, they're either, and the environment. They're, they're in that court. You don't have to sell them on it. Right. But what I think we, uh, what is important is to make people understand that are maybe on the fence uh, as to why it's important to them uh, as a woman. And I, I think the answer is, is that you, you need a female perspective at the table uh because it brings more uh, cohesiveness to the whole system. Right. It, and, it and brings... That, and, and, unless people want it to remain divided and nothing gets done for our environment or for peace or for things like sex trafficking or exactly. just uh, world affairs uh, and the world at large, the health for your children, if nothing else... Raising the minimum... Democrats want to raise the minimum wage. The, the other side wants to abolish it. Uh, and, and I don't know that, that but that affects women in mm -hmm. particular, uh, because if when, if women aren't making enough money, there are a lot of single women, single parents uh, mm -hmm. out there. And if they if they have to work three jobs, mm -hmm. I mean, it, you know, we're not the idea of the superwoman that we mm -hmm. can do it all is really a myth and a hardship that was placed on us. It is almost impossible to do it all. And yet we have to. Right. So if we have a woman who understands that and has lived that, as Hillary has. She's been a working mother mm -hmm. and knows the difficulties and knows that. Uh, but it's not, if we want to take it out of the realm just of Hillary mm -hmm. and make it about women having a seat at the table, it means that we're thinking about issues that men haven't. And that isn't pointing a finger at men. It's just the truth. They have their experience as a man in life, and we have experiences as women in life, and they're really two different experiences. Yeah, and any woman, uh, whether they're a Democrat or a Republican, right. I think that's beside the point. It's uh, what do you want to do to uh, move it forward for your daughters, for your grandkids, for yourself, as far as being a woman at the table with a voice. That's right. And that's the important thing. Uh, and, and rather it be for president, Senate, Congress, local or government. Or by the way, the symbolic nature of that then spills into the boardroom and into corporate America yes, yes. or starting having the balls to start a new business and being right. an entrepreneur because women right. tend, tend not to, right? And it, it, it you know, it, it, it spills into them saying, I can do anything. Right. So it's not just about the, the symbolic nature of having a woman as president doesn't just say you can be 
president of the United States one day, which is a wonderful thing for us to be able to do. But it also says you can rise to the highest levels in anything you choose to do. You could be the highest teacher. You could be the highest heart surgeon. You could be the highest, you know, small business owner. It it means that the glass, the final glass ceiling is broken. And it says that women then have opportunity. And that's good for men too. Right. When women benefit, men benefit. Or if uh, they own the company and they have more women at the top and it makes them more profitable, then it benefits them too. Well, it's a, that's a whole nother show yeah. because I can talk to you about women in, in boardrooms and how it changes the profit structure. Yeah. And by running the companies by consensus, they have found a rise in right. profits for these corporations right. that have women in boardrooms. They right. just don't, you know, at the top levels. Yeah. And we we just, just don't have enough at the top levels. And we were just talking to Tabby about that. She's oh, involved okay. in... Uh, See the synergy between <laughs> the show she was uh, uh, involved with take the lead which is helping put more women at the in uh, top positions at companies That's right. because it's proven that they're more profitable so there's a lot of good it makes the country and the world a better place that's right that's why we want more women at the table that's right and uh and, and that's something i think that uh both republican and democratic women should be able to come to terms on and, and understand that it benefits everyone their kids uh, male or female uh, to have that consensus that vision and that female perspective at the table yes we so. all need to realize that we've been indoctrinated into a world where women are sort of considered you know we've been second-class citizens especially yeah. from the time of the founding of our country it is now time for us to be first-class citizens once and for all there we go I love that <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in this week uh, please visit us at 360karma.com and uh, join us at our conference in November the live love thrive conference and we'll see you next week here on live love thrive UBN radio at noon and here's a message from our wonderful sponsors Make it a great day. Hugs and happiness. Do you want to have more passion and purpose in your day-to-day? Are you yearning to ignite your power within? Now, more than ever, the world needs women who dream big, inspire others, and are living their greater purpose. There's never been a better time to up your game and make your success happen now. Contact Danny Rukin for a complimentary consultation and find out more about how you can become more effective, energized, and empowered while making a difference in doing what you love. Go to www.dannyrukin.com. The Live Love Thrive program is brought to you in part by Honda of Los Angeles, supporting the equality and empowerment of women. The Live Love Thrive radio show is produced by 360karma.com. Are you a 360 Karma woman? If so, spread the word. Be sure to follow us on social media at 360 Karma Women on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please like us and share us with family and friends. This is the year of the woman, and we are stronger together.